Welcome to Women of the Metaverse. I am Cheryl Laidlaw. I am Angela Harkness. We have been and are still on a journey to discover the Metaverse, Web 3.0, NFTs and anything that we are required to know to join this world. From this podcast, we will help you to unlock how the Metaverse is going to impact your brand, your business and even your personal life. Join us as we take the mystery out of this new digital universe. Welcome to episode seven of Women of the Metaverse. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the blockchain. (laughs) This is not the most exciting topic, but maybe one of the most valuable, because this is the foundation of how everything in cryptocurrency, the Metaverse, Web 3.0, and the NFT space works. So it's really important to understand that when someone mentions the blockchain, you know what it is and how it works. So Angela, please give us a little bit of background, please. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> In 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto published a white paper called Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And we'll put a link to the PDF in the show notes. It's only nine pages long. Some of it's about his vision. Some of it's a bit technical, but it's not very long if you wanted to have a read of it. The concept was to have payments go from one person to another without going through a financial institution like your bank. If you think about any administration in your life, there is always an element of process. And many of these processes are so cumbersome and incredibly time consuming and always require a third party invention. For example, we may have all gone through buying a house or a flat. You need a solicitor, a surveyor, a mortgage, which involves a bank and or a mortgage advisor. And there still ends up being trouble. I'm always amazed that in 2022, we have boundary disputes still. How are we still having boundary disputes if all this paperwork has been changed and gone through solicitors? I I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So it's that kind of intervention he wanted to stop. So his vision was to put in place something where the technology would provide the proof therefore allowing two willing parties to perform a transaction without the need for a trusted third party. And from this paper, blockchain was developed. There you go. (laughs) So, Cheryl, (laughs) do you want to explain why he originally wanted to develop this? Right. If you've come this far, just stay with this guy. Well done. You know, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> so the blockchain was originally developed for people to mine, buy and sell Bitcoin. Despite the fact that people say blockchain, there is actually more than one. But blockchain isn't just technology to store financial data. This is where it becomes and is still becoming so powerful because it can be used to store art, the buying and selling of NFTs, and it can be used for contract exchanges. You will see this in the future when you may buy a house or sell a house. You'll be using the blockchain technology rather than the standard contracts that are in place today. I mean, hallelujah, right? If I that's know. going to make that streamline, then... That could take months and months off the process. 
absolutely i think mine took about four or five months it's yeah crazy. mine too it could be used to store medical data so at the moment your records are stored in different systems and different clinics and hospitals the blockchain will enable files to be kept in a way that all medical sectors will have access to your medical data imagine going to the doctors and then not actually say oh we've lost your files oh it would be amazing <laughs> would be amazing just for them so to how have does it, it to hand. Exactly. How many times have, you know, your gran, your mum, your dad, you, yourself, yeah. and you're like, we can't find your records. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this will, will be the future. Yes. So how does it work? How okay. does it work, Angela? Let's okay. get into the tech, This is really now. the fun bit. <laughs> this is really it. So the first block on the blockchain is called Genesis, which I only found out the other day. So that's interesting right <laughs> each time a transaction is made data is recorded on a block and they link together in date and time order in a chain hence the name blockchain each block contains simple information for example if the block is to do with cryptocurrency the block would record who sold it who brought it the currency and how much and then it is always time-stamped. If you then wanted to make a change to one of those blocks, instead of the block changing itself, a new one would be added, which record what, which would record what happens, and then again it's time-stamped and the chain continues. So one of the factors that's always talked about with blockchain is it's how much more secure it is than the current system. So there's three factors that kind of help to make it more secure. So one of them is called hashing. So when you buy something on the blockchain, the purchase uses a unique address. So rather than you use your name and the seller's name, you have what's called a hash and it's a unique address within that blockchain. So the block records the buyer's hash and the seller's hash. So because it's a chain, if you then try to hack into it and try to change it, you would need to make sure that you changed all the unique hash addresses. So they they all kind of married up. And this is where it starts to get more difficult to hack into a blockchain. The next is what's called proof of work. Now, again, this is highly technical in the background and we really are just trying to scratch the surface here. So proof of work is really just well, a, Angela. Keep going. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> proof of work is just a really complex puzzle that takes place in the background to verify the purchase of that transaction. So again, if somebody went into a block and tried to change it, the, the proof of work we go on in the background and go, mm, this something doesn't fit in this puzzle. Imagine doing a Sudoku and trying to put two of the same numbers in a in a block. It wouldn't let you do it. it the Sudoku wouldn't work. The, the same sort of thing happens with blockchain. It would just say, no, something's not right here. And it won't verify the proof of work. So the block can't continue at that point. And then the other thing that makes it very... Um, key is that blocks are not held on one central computer one block can be distributed across the network so you can't just hack into a server and you know hack the files because the blocks are held all over the place so today using blockchain you could 
buy a piece of clothing you wear at an event in the metaverse. It could be a cocktail you buy at a Wish of Vodka party. Listen to episode five if you don't know what we're talking about. And it could be a contract to buy land in Decentraland or it could be cryptocurrency. So that's kind of just a very quick high level view of what it is, how it works. So explain to the listeners, though, because trust is an important part of this. So why is trust so important, Cheryl, when it comes to blockchain? Okay, right. So you will hear the word decentralized mention a lot. Decentralized means it takes control away from the central body. For example, in England, the Financial Conduct Authority is the agency that determines the regulations for how you prove who you are in order to conduct financial transactions to stop fraud or money laundering. Decentralized networks such as the blockchain reduce the need for trust because the block records each transaction. One of the most popular is Ethereum, which is a decentralized blockchain platform with a cryptocurrency called ETH. If you were to buy an NFT, an NFT, sorry, you would most likely per- to purchase it on OpenSea using ETH on the Ethereum blockchain. There are still doubts around the blockchain and if it is going to be our main system for financial transactions. We are already slowly moving towards a cashless society. So what do you think, Angela? Is this our future? I think it is. I think the way in which we have to do things today is so bogged down and cumbersome and inefficient and waste time and isn't necessarily secure. And I was just, before we started to record this, I was saying to Cheryl, what would happen if when we were born, we just got given a block? So when we were in the hospital, We got given a block saying what time we were born, all the information. And as we move through life, that block just kept, that chain keeps getting added to with new blocks. So so in England or in the UK, what happens is you get born and then within 10 days you have to register the birth. So you get your birth certificate. So your birth certificate is registered on a block. And then when you start school, and I know a lot of people are a bit, oh, my data, my private data. I'm not talking about you know, things that people want to keep private. I'm talking about the stuff that government agencies would already hold anyway. Because imagine just being able to renew your driving license and go, here's my block. Here's the block that said I passed my driving test. Give me my driving license or your passport or without having to fill out a form or taking, here's my passport. Here's my address. Here's my water meter bill. You know, I think it would just make... that sounds great refreshing because yeah. if that eliminates forms for me for someone like me <laughs> yeah I'm sure there'll be some kind of form filling but it just sounds like this is the future really it sounds like a seamless process I mean I think there'll be a lot of people for example solicitors that might go hang on a second we make a lot of money from buying and selling houses but there is a need for more efficiency in this process you know there's yes and this kind of centralized you know where you could hack a server the fact that this can record data in the way it does the only thing I would say about the blockchain which I imagine they would kind of deal with over time 
is how is how much power processing power it uses just to run a blockchain is phenomenal so that's something that definitely needs to be looked at but the concept i think works much better than what's in place at the moment what do you think i mean if i'm honest i really dragged my feet about doing the blockchain so early i just (laughs) yeah you did you didn't want to do it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i really didn't want to but again after researching and the penny dropping and finding out more about the history not that you know it's only the last seven years or is it longer than that longer than that that's the metaverse that actually makes me realize that you know this is great basically yeah future yeah I think you need to understand it I think you don't necessarily technically need to go in and build your own blockchain but there is an element of when people mention words in this field you think I do need to understand what this means because you you know we were at the sort of beginning of our journey when we found out that there is more than one blockchain we just thought it was just one whole thing and then we're like oh no people are building different blockchains for different things so you could have an internal blockchain within a company that you could see your own maybe HR files um, and but the records are kept up to date through a blockchain, you know, so. And I when I before the research, I thought that all the blockchain would be open to everyone so that everyone can see transactions. But actually, there are some blockchains that have security involved, which determined which one's open to the public and which one isn't so exactly that's interesting yeah so like medical records they could be so or your like your own individual record if that's how we moved would be then only open to the relevant agencies when they need it and not just completely open for everybody to read and you would be able to read your own record you know so it's interesting it's again it's sort of in its infancy and development I think but we know it's not the funnest topic but we we do understand how important it is to understand it because you know this when right at the beginning of this when Cheryl and I have tried to buy something using cryptocurrency we were like what the hell is this why do I need this information what am I doing why so just understanding just to have a newfound understanding of what blockchain is it makes a difference to understanding what you're doing when you say go to buy an nft so we hope you stuck with it we promise more fun ones in the future (laughs) absolutely but if this uh, if you've got any questions then please do head over to our Facebook group. We have created a little community over there so that if you've got any questions, then we'd be more than happy to answer them. If we can, if not, we'll put you in the right direction. Yeah, we'll find out and tell you. Absolutely. So join us next week for more insights into into the metaverse. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Metaverse. You can find all information, links and people we talked about in the show notes on our website. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please comment and subscribe. Join us again in the next episode as we continue this exciting Metaverse journey.